What makes you feel safe? Do masks make you feel safe? Does the government make you feel safe? What kind of safe do you want to feel? Ladies, what makes you feel safe? Do your boyfriends or boyfriend, husband, or your significant other make you feel safe? Does your home make you feel safe? Do you really think you're safe? Let's talk shop. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Shop. I think this might be a short episode, but we will see. Anyway, let's dial in. I am annoyed. I am so annoyed with the, the, the so many things. I'm annoyed with our government, first and foremost. And then I am even more annoyed with the people who are drinking from the Kool-Aid. Like, straight guzzling it. Like, gulp, 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 gulp. Pour me more, Uncle Sam. <laughs> I was sitting in the parking lot in the parking lot listening to my usual daily podcast, waiting for my daughter to get out of school. And I usually get there early so I can get a good parking spot. And then as soon as Avery gets in the truck, I'm out. As I was sitting in my truck picking at my face from all the oil buildup from wearing a mask all day, and I also had a little cold, so I had like so I had extremely dry skin around my nose and my cheeks from blowing my nose so much. So a car pulls up next to me. And for some reason, I look over. <laughs> I usually never look over because I don't want to make that weird eye contact with another parent. And then I'm in between, should I wave and pretend I was looking past them to see if school has let out, even though I know it has not, because I'm here early. Anyway, so I look over. The lady doesn't look back, thankfully, but she's wearing a mask in her van with the windows rolled up. Moments later, uh, there's a school bus that loads up the special students. Uh, They usually leave uh, school a couple minutes before the entire school lets out. Mind you, this is the last day of hybrid learning for kids before they go back to full virtual learning. But as I'm watching the school bus go by, all the kids on on the bus have on masks. The lady in the car that the school bus passed, as they drove past, I'm like looking at the school bus drives past and there's a a car just beyond that. I look into that car. That lady's wearing a mask. Why? Do they honestly feel safe? Do they? I mean, I had some some dark thoughts at that moment. Every once in a while, when I'm when I move my eyes quickly to multiple, you know, to multiple things, and and the images don't change like I want them to, I start to feel like sick. Not sick like I'm I'm going to throw up. Sick like I'm like in an uncomfortable feeling. Like I'm in the, in the twilight zone. Are the masks really saving lives? My my dark thoughts are that I'm, I'm strong enough mentally that something like this will never take over my mind. I think about the people who have been 
taking their lives during this pandemic because of the shutdowns, not being able to get out and many other things. You know, depression is up, divorce is up, money is low, it's getting cold out, and the days are shorter. When I think of these things, do people honestly feel safe? Like, you're protecting yourself from COVID, right? But are you protecting yourself? Do you feel safe? Even from yourself? Are we okay accepting this as, as a new normal? You know, shutdowns, government mandations, curfew. Like, come on. What does that sound like to you? Does it sound like control? Do you feel safe because the government is controlling you? You know what I think? I think about the masks. I think if we're going to be around elderly or just elderly, um, you know, the part of the population that has a lower survival rate, we should wear a mask in a controlled, responsible environment. You know, if that's something that they want to control, I would be okay with that. But while I'm at work, out about Christmas shopping, running errands, I have not gone one day without seeing multiple people wearing the mask incorrectly or not one on their face at all in controlled environments. The fact that I, I've read tests and listened to very credible people talk about the same test that I've read tells me that the masks aren't doing as much good as they were expected. Why? Because people can't stop their natural habits. If you're doing a physical job that causes you to take heavy breaths, you may feel, especially if you are out of shape, <laughs> like you're not getting enough oxygen. So you may pull your mask down or lower it a bit to take that breath. Also, <laughs> I am guilty of it. I feel like my hearing improves when I pull down my mask for some reason. I've watched multiple people do it. <laughs> Why is that? I have no clue. But it is funny every time I see it. Like, when did, your, when did you start listening with your mouth? You know what else? I see some of the same masks on everyone every day. Like, are you washing your mask every day? I shouldn't admit to it, but I don't. I don't do laundry. And if I did do laundry, I wouldn't do it every day. You know, as I as I take off masks and they get, you know, into my hoodies and shirts, they get they periodically get washed, but I really don't want to invest ten dollars in masks. So like I almost purchased a ten dollar Lions mask, Detroit Lions mask the other day. Why? Real question before I move on from masks. <laughs> Eyes and ears. Can we not get sick if germs get into them? I'm just asking for a friend. Do we trust the government with our with our health? Some people think physical health is the only health. Or at least the government thinks that physical health is the only health. But mental health is also what we can control, what, what can control physical health. I mean, it starts in your head with, with most people. Tell me, what is healthy for a social butterfly? <laughs> what is healthy for a person who lives alone? What's healthy for, for mothers of multiple children? What's healthy for the guy who goes out on Saturday night telling lies and breaking hearts and drinking himself to sleep? It's kind of harsh, but that can sometimes be the guy who finds a way to make it to church on Sunday. Hey, look at that, another health. <laughs> 
spiritual health. These are light yet serious questions. You know, I live on the border of Michigan and Ohio. I live in Michigan and I work in Ohio. So whatever bullshit mandation these states put out, I have to do both of them. You know, Ohio is more open. Well, was more open, but now you can't be served alcohol after 10 o'clock. You can face a fine if you're on the road between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Thanksgiving should be canceled, so on and so forth. When do when do companies usually go into the black? You know, when they get out of the negative and start making a profit. So so this is probably isn't as super accurate now, but before the reason why we all call the um, why we call Friday after Thanksgiving Black Friday is because companies will get out of the negative on that Friday. Regardless, and you know when you're when you're in the negative is black. When you're in the positive is I mean when you're in the negative is red. When you're in the positive is black. So that's why they called it Black Friday. Regardless, uh, companies still have increased sales at the at this time because of shopping. You know, there's there's two ways of looking at it for me. Uh, one, people would get out, and because companies are desperate for business, they allow an uncontrollable amount of people into their stores. Or two. People will just do online shopping and in-store shopping goes down tremendously. But what about the smaller shops that, that will probably have to shut down because of the shutdown? Once again, the government the government won't consider them as essential businesses. I think about, and I have multiple conversations about small personal businesses, like a bar, for example. How often are people at the bar during the week? Not much, right? Monday through Thursday, most bars have to host something to get a crowd in. But on Friday and Saturday, they expect to reach full capacity. It's mostly how they stay open. That's you know the the core of their business. What about the the bars that serve food? They aren't always big. These you know they're small bars. Uh, so let's just throw a synopsis at you. There's uh, in a bar that I used to go to regularly. There's probably eight booths. Um, and then 12, uh, eight booths, eight tables, 12 bar stools. A booth can usually fit four people along with the tables. So let's say if you, if any of you have eaten at a bar and have had some drinks, you kind of know how that kind of works. So let's say this bar is full on a, on a non pandemic weekend. There's four people at every booth and table, 12 bar stools are filled and they're usually one person in between each bar stool or more but we'll just go with one so this small bar has 82 people in it max at you know at any given hours people on average spend up to about four hours at a bar and the average table tab is 50 bucks that's four people 50 bucks you know per table uh it's 200 bucks Let's say this particular bar has two groups of people in four-hour increments. So over eight-hour period, the bar has made $8,200 in eight hours. Over Friday and what is it, Saturday? I'm not. Let's say, let's say Sunday. So over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, fun day, that's. $24,600. Now, assume that this bar earns half that amount between Monday and Thursday. 
that totals out to be a, about 32,800 a week. I'm just rounding up. Over a four-week period, that's $131,200. Now, this is just a small bar. Now, that's not a, a all take-home money. You have to purchase more alcohol and food. You have to pay maintenance, DJ, bartenders, hostess, servers, cooks, busboys, alcohol license, uh, utilities. And because you serve alcohol in a small neighborhood area, you will definitely need to hire security. So, entertain this for a second. Through my years from partying at bars and talking to bar owners, bar owners, I have come up with a plan as close as I can to explain how a small bar works. So, and I'm just talking at the at the the most minimum amount, basic amount of how you if you were to take a business plan to someone who's going to invest in your bar or your, you know, a building for you to own a bar. This is how you could explain it or what rate you could pay back money or whatever the case may be. So uh, there are eight hour shifts. Usually uh, in Ohio is a 55 minimum wage. So at eight shifts at a 55 an hour and a 28 days, cause that's, you know, that's every, that's two papers. So that's every other week. Uh, you're looking at about two grand and this is for about um five employees and then let's look at it as these these would be your these employees would be let's say uh three servers or three hostess or you know four hostess whatever the case but five people cooks hostess those are your going to be your only people probably in there that you can pay at minimum wage. And then you think of uh, in, in Ohio, uh, the, the server's minimum wage is $4.35 an hour. So you have eight hour shifts at $4.35 an hour on a 28 or 28 days. Uh, you're looking at about five grand. And I, at first it doesn't seem that much, but you, that's, that's going to be the bulk of your uh, employees or the, the bulk of your employee employee. Uh, and that's your bartenders too. So you're gonna have three servers, two bartenders, because um, obviously they, they play the cash game. So then now you go down to the next one. Now you gotta, you have to have um, additional em- employees for whatever the case may be. Um, and I'm just gonna say three employees max. Eight hour shifts, eight fifty five an hour, twenty eight days. You're looking at fifty eight hundred dollars. So just for your employees, and I know that was like a to maybe a goofy breakdown of the math, but just of those employees, you're looking at uh, $12,500 for just employees for a month. Now, gas and utilities is based on, you know, so your gas, electric, and water are based on, you know, the square footage that you have. So I'm just going to say, like, um, my house is probably $200 a month, uh, maybe. I'm not entirely sure on utilities, but let's say a bar, a small bar at this this size is going to be $450 a month. You pay your mortgage or whatever, you know, your loan back for owning your bar or lease is 500 bucks. Then you got to think people come into bars to what? They want to watch games, they want to watch the fight, they want to watch NFL, hockey, baseball, the NBA, all these things. So you got to have these things regularly available to, to kind of, you know, encourage the crowd to come in and check you out. So cable is not cheap. So you're looking at probably $500 a month just on your cable bill. You know, you still got to have Wi-Fi for whatever uh, series of, you know, connections that you have for people to pay that is, you know, non-cash. 
Uh, and then if you want to have a good spot, like I would love to have a good spot, something like that, you're probably going to have to have a DJ or a band. And that's probably going to be about $500 Friday and Saturday. You don't usually get a DJ or a band during the week. From my experience, you get them on Friday or Saturday. So let's say Friday or Saturday, you get a DJ and or band for 500 bucks a pop. And it's what? You got four weekends. So you're looking at two grand security. You can't pay them minimum wage because they're doing a tough job. You know, you got to break up fights, kick people out, check IDs. You got to hold them accountable for it. You know, like a, a I don't want to say better job. I don't, I don't know. Security is the best job in a bar, but, you know, whatever. So you're looking at probably a little over $1,100. Same for maintenance. You have to have, you know, security cameras, uh, plumbing, cleaning, fixing stuff, um, you know, checking stuff. Those are the people who, who are, you know, all around making sure that you're up to code for what the state mandates for you to have or state regulations for you to have to have a successful business open in the area. Boom. So you look at another over just over $1,100. Then alcohol. Every time you, you know, it's a based off 100% profit. So based off what you make in sales, you're looking at about 10 grand for alcohol and the same as food. So that's 20 grand total between alcohol and food, right? So total after all that, <laughs> it's about $58,000, roughly, after your profit of a little over $131,000. That take home for you is $75,000. That's, if you're the bar owner, that's good money. You know, that's, that's if you're a bar, barn owners, if you're doing everything right, and this is just if everything is going well, this is what it will look like. This is an ideal situation in a non-COVID pandemic. But COVID has caused shutdowns. What does that do? What does that do to you as a small business owner? And do you feel safe? You'd have to cut your staff in half because you're, you have less business less and less square footage that you can count as dollars. You know how I said you got eight booths? Well, now you got to cut that in half because you got to social distance them. So that 82 people every four hours is now that amount of people you get in a day. So then you have to cut your profits in half. 70,000? Keep it up now? Some of us don't fully understand what shutdowns and mandations cost us. Because your profits... It's cut in half. You can't afford to have staff. You cut your staff in half. You obviously have to still pay your mortgage. Your utilities may go down because of water or electricity use, but square footage of gas doesn't change. Or you know, or even electricity, if you want to add that. You may keep your cable package, or maybe you find ways to cut costs. So maybe your cable stays, or maybe it goes. So I guess this wasn't as short of a show as I thought it was going to be. But anyway, anywho. You can afford DJs. You can't afford DJs or bands anymore. Obviously, you're cutting costs. So maybe you get a jukebox. <laughs> and lastly, food and alcohol is cut in half. Half of your employees are out of a job. Maybe a cable company has lost a customer. DJs and bands don't have hobbies or jobs, depending on how you look at it. And bars aren't the only small business owners. Barbershops, salons, massage businesses, I could really go from one of those right now. Restaurants. Just think about the places that you pass by 
that aren't chain related businesses. Do these people feel safe? The other day I had to do some extra physical work. <laughs> uh, I'm a supervisor, so everyone makes fun of managers and supervisors for not working hard. But as you as you move up in the chain, sometimes you have to be better about delegating rather than working. If your heads if your heads are down, you can't see what needs to be done. You know the whole picture. But sometimes duty calls. So as I'm working, and this is right after the governor announced that there would be shutdowns again. Once again, people have become desperate. In my opinion, desperate people can sometimes be more scary than your average criminal. It's not it's not telling what they'll do and what they'll do for it. You think of a person at, at, at their lowest and they have babies at home or they have a drug addiction to get whatever the case. They make make take someone's life for it. This pandemic has created desperate people. Anyways, I'm doing extra physical work. I had, to, I had to pull a cart that had three purchased waters and a thing of paper towel in it. That's that's how people come and stock up for some reason. Paper towels, bath tissue, and sanitizing wipes. Not just saying any sanitizing wipes because they 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 all do the same thing. They have to come in for Clorox or Lysol wipes. I see this, the same people every week. Not kidding. Maybe every other day. The question is always, where are the three where are the three of those items that they're looking for? I know they are either hoarding or purchasing for friends and relatives. I think of how much people bought these things before the pandemic, like sanitizing wipes. They barely sold. We go we'd go through three we'd go three to four days without selling through a pallet of sanitizing wipes. It would be a week before we sold through water or paper products. Now that stuff lasts for hours, if that. I haven't fully understood this. You're not drinking more water. You're not taking more bathroom breaks. You're not more nasty or germy than usual. So why the more purchasing of these these products? I mean, do some of you even know that you have to leave the surface wet for five minutes before it can be considered 99.9% effective when you're using your Lysol or Clorox wipes? which is the same survival rate as if you got COVID-19, but you'll spend the money on something that's 99.8% effective and be scary, desperate, and more cautious than usual because of something that you have the greatest chance of survival. Now, I don't want to get sick. I know people don't want to get sick. I know that no one likes feeling like death. But three or four days of suffering isn't worth to me a business suffering government overreaching, showing how much control they have, canceling of celebrations just and just planning on living life to its fullest. Anyway, the cart, the cart of water and paper towel. <laughs> it was purchased. I walked away from it for a few minutes, like just a few minutes. I came back to put the cart back where I got it from and someone had came by and taken all the water and paper towels out the cart. They were already purchased. I was beyond annoyed. Like, how inconsiderable, you pricks. <laughs> it makes no sense. And these people aren't even really desperate. They're just stupid. Seriously. You won't run out of running water. Brita filters aren't selling out. If you're so scared of clean water, 
purchase a burner filter or any kind of filter. Ice Mountain, which is spring water, it isn't selling out. Just, just regular mineral water. If you are truly desperate, you'll buy what is needed versus the brand you want. You think a homeless person who hasn't had food in a while is all of a sudden vegan? And if someone gave the, the food, them food they had to, that had meat on it, they would eat the bread and lettuce and then throw the rest away? If they, if they do that, then you're not that desperate. Plus, these businesses stay open during the pandemic and, you know, you entitled monsters. <laughs> People have participated in creating, in creating the panic. So now, when you're in the store picking up ingredients for dinner tonight and you stroll past an end cap of bath tissue, knowing you have eight rolls left over at home, you'll purchase it because you don't know when it will be available next. Does that make you feel stay- safe? I don't think of safety as just safe from bad guys and criminals. I don't think of safety as a seatbelt. Safety isn't my shotgun or my CCW. Safety isn't just my home. Well, it's not just those things. You know, I mean, I feel safe knowing I have weapons in my home to protect my home from an invader. I, I like that my seatbelt could possibly save my life. But stability and security are the biggest and the first ideas I think of when I think of safety. Knowing I have a job, knowing I have my one, my 401k when I'm ready to retire. Knowing my kids are learning and that the, the economy is good so that there's a, a less surge of desperate folks. More people spending cash versus spending everything online when we know our government and big tech companies are tracking all of our purchases in Google searches. Some people will be unlucky, but that's life. And I'm not trying to make light of it, but people go through life making poor decisions. They don't live their best life. Some people have weak immune systems and get everything. Some people go through life getting sick very few times. Some people have healthy diets, healthy ways, healthy way of living. But some people are, are, are alcoholics and chain smokers. Some people aren't. Because the government sure doesn't stop the sale of those items during pandemics. Just saying, alcohol and cigarettes. I wonder what the numbers are for the amount of people who have died due to alcohol and cigarette-related use. And these things have links to serious health issues, such as cancer. There's no real cure for, for that. So when did we start living life based on the minority? After everything I talked about today, think for a second. Do you really feel safe? Until next time, guys.